you're supposed to build 50 little flats per section, but then some of the contractors bribed the government, you know, and they saw they could do more out of this, and they said, we just want to half some of these flats, but like half a meter, you know, and if we do that over all these things, we can actually fit 20 more flats per level in, and then ultimately if we go up, you know, check the engineer just went, whoa. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, um, so if we do that, we can fit a few more in, and then if we go higher, I mean, ultimately we'll have be able to do much more houses. They're all just a little bit smaller, but we can get a lot more people in here with a lot more rent, okay? Good idea. But then uh, as the engineer just went, whoa, okay, like uh, a few years later, many of those buildings actually collapsed and didn't hold and um, fell apart, yeah? And, um, so the point here is that there's a specific way. Now, I'm not an engineer, okay, but it sounds like that isn't a good idea, okay? Because it won't hold if you go up. I don't want to be the guy on the top floor if you know they didn't build well under, okay? And there's a certain way that those blocks that you be designed, there was supposed to be an engineer that could say, this is what it can carry, and uh, this is how you can build, and this is how it should be done. And, and any adjustment that you make to this needs to be reevaluated. The foundation probably needs to go deeper. There needs to be more structure. And, um, but this is the way that it should be set out. All right, you with me? And then we, we read in the Old Testament that uh, the Israelites were in the desert, and the Lord told them, hey, I want you to build a tabernacle for me, né? which was the house of God, known in the Old Testament, okay? And, and the Lord was quite specific, and he took chapters in Exodus and explained to them, this is how I want it to look like, okay? You're going to have this section, and this is what you're going to do there. And for these people, they are allowed to be there, and this is how it should be done. Then you're going to go through to another room, and this is what's going to happen here. And this is going to be on the wall. I wanted to use that wood and that gold and this for that. Uh, did you know the Lord is that specific, okay? And uh, this is how I want it to be done. Then there's going to be a curtain, and in there, only one guy is allowed to go in there, the high priest. This is what he needs to go, do before he can go in there. And uh, very specific, all right? And then you have this verse in Exodus 40, 16, where, which is incredible, where it says that Moses did everything exactly as the Lord commanded him. It's incredible. Moses did everything just as the Lord commanded him. And I, and I wanted, you know, when I, when I heard it in the week, I said, I have a prayer, you know, that for us as Josh Jen and for, for us here, that it may be said of us years from now that we did everything just as the Lord commanded us to do it. Yeah? And did you know that we're not in the Old Testament now, so praise God that God didn't tell us that he, this is how I want this hall to be built and this and that wall, okay, because it would have been a lot of effort. And God said that he will not live in... in um, houses built by men anymore, but he will live in us, you know, and this is his home. It's us, you know, but did you know that still with this home that the Lord is very specific about how he wants his church to be built? He didn't, you're right off. <laughs> School front, <laughs> um, that the Lord is very specific about, about it, how he wants his house to be built, but you know, as men, you know, and I, I think the guy in Mumbai that saw that flat block being built, he said, I have an excellent idea. Did you guys even consider this? I mean, just think if we do that, no one would notice half a meter, but do you know how much better we can make it? And then you know, sometimes in the church, I mean, one of the things I hear the most often is like, I have an excellent idea. Have you considered that when we do this, I mean, we can get this much more people in here, or we can, if we just do that, a lot more people will attend. And men's ideas filter into the house of God, and, and we like, 
don't do everything exactly as the Lord had commanded it. And we, we get our own preference in here and our own ideas and our own ways. And we, we build denominations and, and different strokes for different folks, you know. How many of you heard that when you came to the church? And, uh, and I just don't see that in the Word of God, you know. And I walked around um, on Thursday night. I, I was considering this, mulling over like the, the house of God. And I, I walked into Table Bay Mall through the window, I just, or through that turn around thing, okay? Through the window, okay? <laughs> through the turn thing, okay? And uh, glass door thing, man. And, uh, and I just felt the Lord ask me this question. And I, I, hear me, I'm saying this very humbly, yet very passionately. I, I felt the Lord tell me, Hannes, why are you part of this church? And I, you know, with confidence I could say, because I believe with everything in us, we're trying to do it exactly as God is commanding us. And, and I, I'm not saying it uh, with judgment on other churches. Hear me, hear me very well, okay? But, but there needs to be a confidence in us, you know, that we are trying our very best to walk as the Lord has commanded us to do it. And I, and I wonder, you know, like I, I was just uh, wanted to ask you this question off the bat. I hope that you're part of us. And I, yes, we've got incredible people here. And often most of us get connected first because someone pulls us in and we're linked. But ultimately, you know, even when we had this new, new members join us a while ago with Lawrence and Kirsty and the guys, we said, ultimately, you know, when you join us, I, I trust that it's not because we're a bunch of nice people. But that you can see in this house of God that it's something that is built in the ways of God. And that you can say, I can give myself to this house. And that God is going to be present here. And yes, God adds incredible people here. Make sense? And um, so just, just wanted to start us off the bat, you know. Like I, I think there's often so we, we, you know, as elders, we can say we, we can have a lot of clever ideas. And, uh, and how we can pull my, more guys in here on a frequent basis. But uh, a while ago, you might have heard me say that our question that we ask before a Sunday is not how do we get the people to come back next week. Sorry. Okay. Uh, our question in our hearts when we consider the church is how do we get God to come back? Because God resides, you know, where things are being done how He likes it. All right, that was a very heavy way to start. I didn't, I didn't plan to go there, okay? So the challenge here is, okay, so here's what I want to share. Last week, we, when we worshiped, last week was incredible, okay? We worshiped God, and there, was, there were words that coming through, and, and someone had a word from uh, Milneton, I think, had a word that God wants to open our eyes, né? and I, we, I had that word, and I was asking, Lord, what is it that you want to open our eyes for? And God said he wants to open, and so speaking to the church, he wants to open our eyes to see the wonder of the church. Now, you would think I'm preaching to the, to the choir, you know, like, right, we are here, we're the church, okay, like, isn't that for outside? But I felt like God said He wants to open our eyes to the wonder of the church. And, and I was wrestling with this thing, you know, it's like, a, but God, we, I mean, we're here, we're giving ourselves, we're trying, we, we're trying to do it the right way, we try, I, I really believe that when, we, when God speaks to us, we're doing it exactly like uh, with the right, you know, with, that's how God wants it to be done. And, uh, and I just felt the Lord said, He wants to open our eyes to the wonder of the church. And so, Malkbos, I want to speak to you this morning, you know, it's like, I know that all of you are here, you're giving yourself, you love us, you love this house, you're part of this house, but I want to, I want to, encourage us this morning, and I actually want to ask you, open your heart this morning, that God can drop in us this, the wonder of His house this morning. Um, on Friday, we had a time just as elders together um, for our early, early morning prep and pray time, you know, and yo, the Lord came to visit us. Yeah. 
it is a miracle that God can visit you at 6 o'clock in the morning, okay? But, um, man, the Lord came and visited us. We just shared some stuff. I, um, I'm just playing around. You need to jump in and help me whenever you guys can, okay? But um, I can share with you guys that we are actually going to Russia next month. Um, so, yeah, we, we, the door opens. It's the first time I heard someone go, hoo-hoo. Normally, it's like, hoo-hoo, okay? And... Um, and uh, so the door opened and it's confirmed we're going to buy tickets today. We're leaving on the 9th of September to the 26th and we're going into Russia, okay? And I am frothing, okay? I'm so amped. It's, we, I've been there, uh, I've, last time I've been there was like five years ago. So we're so amped, you know? Yet, also very nervous, okay? And, um, but I, um, I, I was asking the Lord to sing, you know? It's like, I want to... There's a portion of me that I want to grow and, and learn in the apostolic, and we need to go out, and I need to learn. But I had a dream a while ago where we were in the dream. I was in Russia with Kala, and one of the friends that I led to the Lord a few years ago in Russia was leading this church. I didn't recognize the church. It was this odd building with pillars in the middle. And, uh, and this guy was leading the church, but I, le- I recognized many people in the congregation. And he came to me, and he said, Hannes, I want to tell you, this is the fruit of Andrew. That's the dream. Okay, wake up. And I just felt the Lord, I woke up and I, I felt the Lord tell me, we've got an inheritance in Russia, man, with 412. We need to get in there. And I, I was by then thinking already, like, maybe I should go to Australia now with Brad or Mark Davis wants me to go to Brazil with him in October. And there were options, you know. And I woke up and I felt the Lord tell me, there's people in Russia that needs their eyes open to the wonder of the church. And that the church needs to be built well in Russia. And... Um, and I, man, my heart started like, I was just yearning for this thing. And I called the embassy the next day. And it's like, they said, okay, it's open. And I said to Carla, we're going. And Andrew said, okay, get in there. So we're going. And, um, and then I, why did I even go there? I'm jumping off my story here. Okay, but I thought the Lord just opened my eyes to the wonder, you know. But there's a cost to this thing. Sure, it's, I, I think often we think, yes, it's a lot of fun to travel and we can get out there. But there's a proper cost to this. Firstly, financial cost. It is massive now, okay. But there's also a cost that probably my wife and my baby isn't going with, you know. And uh, leaving them alone here for two and a half weeks while she's that young. It's a, it's a, it's a cost before the Lord. You know? and, um, and who knows what might happen there, by the way. I read news this morning just before I came here and someone was arrested in Russia. Why, why would that article pop up? So I'm like, all righty then. Eh? <laughs> and uh, not, a, not a Christian. She smuggled drugs. So anyway, but we're, not, we're, not, we're not planning to do that. But yet it came up. Okay. And, uh, and, um, and, and there's a cost to this thing. And I, but I, I asked the Lord, Lord, would you open our eyes to the wonder of the church? And why do we have to go there? What is it that you want to do in us? And um, I want to read us a story. Yeah? And um, it's in Acts 9. So, later on, if you can put it up there for me. And it's a story of a guy called Saul. And Saul was a zealous man. Now, I want to tell you, I'm a zealous man, okay? I, everything I do, I do it with zeal. And Saul was passionate about killing Christians. Okay, he, but, but the thing is, he, uh, have you thought, okay, good, not the guy you wanted to know. But he, uh, he, honestly, you know, he didn't do it with like, oh, I'm destroying the, the, the faith. He, th- he did it in like he thought, these Christians are going to kill our faith. That was his thing. He said he persecuted guys who called themselves to be part of the way. And he did it. He was the best at it. Okay, he was feared throughout all the world that he saw is killing us. Okay. And um, you get this guy, and, and it says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats. So I want you to imagine as everything he did, he existed. Murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. 
And he went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus. So he literally went like to the president, basically asking, can I have permission? I want him to write me a letter that I am allowed to kill these Christians. That's what it says, okay? He went to get permission to do it. To the synagogues in Damascus, so he's traveling, he's a, he's a missionary, okay? He's on a mission to go kill Christians, not only in his hometown, but he's going. Um, so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, now notice the way is with a capital, it's about the way of God, the, the, the Jesus, okay, the Christians. Whether men or women, okay, women first I'm included in this package, okay, as the, normally just says men, okay, men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. And he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And he asked, who are you, Lord? And immediately you know, like, this isn't a normal situation. And he asked with reverence, you know, who are you, Lord? And he said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting, he replied. Now get up and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. And the men traveling with Saul stood there speechless because they heard the sound, but they didn't see anyone. And I wonder, you know, when I read that, I was like, I wonder what that must have looked like for those guys. Okay, you got the, this guy on the ground. And I, I wonder if the Lord, yeah, you know, when the Lord spoke, it must have, I don't know what his voice would sound like, but I think it was pretty loud. Okay. And you stand there and you can't see a thing and you just hear, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Okay. They stood there speechless. All right. And Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. And uh, I think, you know, um, it's almost a picture for us, you know. It's like we, sometimes we hear the Lord, we stand up, but we still can't see. Yeah? And they led him by the hand into Damascus. And for three days he was blind, and he didn't eat or drink anything. And in Damascus there was a disciple by the name Ananias. And the Lord called him in a vision and said, Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. And the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man of, I love how specific the Lord is here, okay, Straight Street, okay, um, Beach Road, and ask for a man, a, a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. So the Lord's telling him, in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias. Now, I don't know that the Lord tell him, but he knew. This guy's name is going to be Ananias. He's going to come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, and Ananias answered him, I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm that he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. So he's like, listen, we've heard about this guy and I, I know why he's here. I don't think he's here to pray. Okay? But the Lord said to Ananias, go, for this man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and before the people of Israel. And I'll show him I must, he must suffer for my name. And then Ananias, and I, and I wonder that portion, you know, it's like we're thinking that Saul sitting there blind. And, and I wonder, like sometimes our picture of Jesus, like what is he speaking to me about, you know, for three days, he's blind. And is he rebuking him? Or is he saying, Saul, I finally saved you. I've waited my whole life for you to get saved. You're the center of the universe, whatever. You're just going to be so great. I've got a purpose and a plan for you. You know, we wonder what the Lord would say to him, you know. And here God says to him, for three days I've made him blind because I showed him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. And I wonder, you know, as a church, do we still believe in a God that started his church, okay, and a big portion 
of what the Lord has for us is how much we must suffer for His name's sake. I want to ask you, is, that, is, it, is it even in our, in our theology, you know? Sometimes we just get so flippant, I don't get the job. God, God, be real. And our, our tolerance for, for, or whatever, you know, my car broke down, God can't be real. And it's like our tolerance for suffering and God is just this small. And, and actually, you know, as those called by the Lord, I want you to know that really for us to devote us to the Lord, there's going to be a large portion for many of us that God is going to show you how much you must suffer for His name's sake. And, and I didn't feel to preach a flaky gospel to, to you this morning, you know, that, hey, it's all going to be so lacquer. It's a large cost in following the Lord, a large cost. For some, for some it might be very, I don't know, I, I don't want to give examples, okay, but this for your life and for you to follow, follow the Lord and for you to really walk out the way and to do everything exactly as God has commanded us, big cost, big cost. And God is very much involved in it, very much. That's what he did in those three days. He showed Saul how much he's going to suffer for God's name, for, for his name's sake. And then Ananias went to the house and entered it, and placing his hands on Saul. And I, you know, even this morning, the prayer time, and we, we yeah, I, I felt the Lord give me emphasis again. We need to often lay hands on one another and pray for one another. Okay, placing his hands on Saul, he said, "Brother Saul," and it's interesting, you know, brother Saul. This guy was his enemy. He was his enemy. And, uh, and, but, he, but he knew that the Lord was about to do a work there. And, uh, and there was like a, you could see the other posture of Ananias changed. And I'm sure he was still scared, okay? Let's be honest here. I think he was still pretty nervous, okay? But he said to him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. And so suddenly, you know, I don't know, I can't see that the Lord has told Ananias that. So I wonder maybe on the way of Ananias going there, the Lord sh shared with him. You know, and we need to be those who, who often listen, listen to God. It's not only for the elders leading these meetings here, but I want to ask you, you guys, you need wisdom if you speak to people at your workplace and ask the Lord. Like, sometimes you, we just need to be tapped in like, hey, I felt the Lord speak to me about this. This is what he wants to do for you. Can I, can I share, I had, a, I had a dream about Stuart. It's nothing, nothing special, but I had a dream about Stuart in the week, ne, or last week, and the, the dream wasn't very spiritual. It literally went like this. I had a dream that we, Stuart and I was in a Kauai, and we had lunch together, okay? And Stuart knew all the people at the Kauai. That's my dream, okay? So I wake up, and I, I message Stuart. I said, hey, bro, I had this dream about you. We had lunch together at the Kauai. Uh, let's go for lunch. Let's not keep it a dream. Let's do lunch. So I said, call me wherever you are, because I know he works, like, on the other side of town. Like, call me, and we can, we can hang out together, you know? And, uh, and that's what we did. Okay, and Stuart knew everyone at the, like, I'm waiting for him to place his order. And he says, no, no, they got my order already. You can place your order, okay? He knew everyone. That, so it was quite classic, okay? Eh? He's known. And, uh, but, you know, for me, so, like, and I mean, we just had a fun time hanging out. Now, uh, driving there, I'm asking myself the question. He literally lives four, four roads down from me. Why am I driving all the way to Constantia <laughs> to go see this guy in a Kauai? And, uh, and I, I just, I, I had this, I said to Mariska, like, I think before when this, I, it just feels like I'm so doing what God told me to do. There's nothing, not necessarily something spiritual about this, but I'm doing what he asked me to do, you know. Like I've heard God, we're going there, and we had lunch. It was a great time. We hang out, we connected, and I came home. That was it, okay. But it's like I came home, and I, I hope you enjoyed it. But I was like, I did exactly what the Lord wanted me to do. Yeah? And there was a sharpness to, 
and uh, sorry, I, I don't know why I shared this story, but you know, like sometimes for us, you know, we just need to respond to the promptings of the Lord. Like sometimes he would just drop something and it doesn't, like if I try to analyze this, is Stuart okay? Is he stuck in a choir? I don't know, like what are we, so uh, we, sometimes we just like go like, mmm, and try and overanalyze this. Actually, we just need to sometimes respond when there's something, hey, I felt the Lord tell me, Saul, Jesus appeared to you, like, uh, let me help you here. Yeah? And um, so it doesn't come quite together, but I want to I encourage you, you know, when you, when you have people that you want to connect with, Sometimes the Lord will just reveal stuff to you and just don't overanalyze and just go. And often as you go, the Lord will start speaking to you, hey, this and this and this and this. And, uh, and he actually gives us handles. It's words, not words of knowledge. It's the Spirit, okay? So anyway, Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, send me to you that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something, fell, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and he was baptized. Now, Two, two important things there. Okay, you can go back, one back. He said, come that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we, you would often hear with us, you know, we always have a desire that we can be filled with the Spirit. But I, I think there's something like this morning, what I want to preach to us about, it is not something that I can bring to you with knowledge and that you can understand it. It's a, it's a spirit thing, you know, that scales need to fall and be filled from the Spirit. You can see and, that, and, and be filled with the Spirit. And so that's why I'm asking you, like, even off the bat, it's like, this morning, please don't expect a great preach with 10 points that will be importation of, like, to understand the wonder. It, it, it has to be a work of God, you know, that it's like scales that fall and you can, like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Um, kids are having fun. And, uh, and then, so, um, and then he says, and, he, and he, after taking some food, he regained his strength. And then, then his name later on was changed to Paul. And not Saul. And um, Saul, so anyway, let me, so now, three days blind, the Lord speaks to me, how much he must suffer, okay? So and then we, we just see Acts, Romans, Corinthians, all the, so you've got Paul the Apostle now, this functioning um, um, head apostle to the church, impacting the church. And then we get to Ephesians, you know, and um, I, um, and Friday morning, I was just scanning, I was praying about this thing, about the blind eyes, and I was reading Ephesians, and I'm not going to read the whole portion. But in Ephesians 3, Paul's writing to them, he says, guys, the Lord has re revealed to me the mystery of the gospel. Now, I want to speak to us about the mystery of the gospel here quickly, okay? What is the gospel? Now, the gospel we see in Genesis, I'm going to try and summarize it in two seconds here. The gospel is this. Genesis, Adam and Eve messes up, okay? They were in communion with God, walking with God, unity with God, and they listen to the devil, and they follow their flesh, and they eat of the flesh, okay? Eat of the fruit, and they follow the passions of the flesh because they want to be like God, okay? And there's a separation between man and God. Now, before that, and Dylan had a word like that this morning, before that, they could just come and be with God, and it was their communion with God. They were walking with God. Sin comes, and I think it's actually, just thinking about it now, that's what they're doing in Kitchers this morning as well. Sin comes, and they use leaves, and they have to start covering up, okay? There's separation between God and man. And God says, okay, you guys can't pay for this because it's too great. And he says, there needs to be blood. And, and God said, for the rest of the Old Testament, if you go through, that's why he made the tabernacle. He says, in this front section, you guys have to kill stuff. And there needs to be blood on the altar. And there needs to be offering to the Lord. And when you have killed something, when there's blood, you can come in. And you can meet with me. And the whole Old Testament, that's what they do. Kill a goat, kill a sheep, kill a 
um, a bull, kill doves, whatever needs to be killed, sprinkle the blood, and they can come into the presence of God. And then, but God knew, God knew, that's not the plan. He doesn't want us for, the, for eternity to have to kill stuff, you know. And, um, and he says, someone has to die, a human has to die, okay. He says, but actually you dying cannot pay for the, for, for the wrong, okay. It's not sufficient, okay. And he says, I'll make a way, and he sends his son to come and die, okay. And Jesus comes, lives a perfect life. He was tempted in all ways like we are, yet he never sinned, okay? Just think about that, okay? Jesus was tempted in every way. And you might think, God, you don't understand the situation. I want to tell you, Jesus was tempted in every way. He lost his dad, okay? He understands the pain of a family member dying. Never questioned God, okay? He was never married, I want to tell you, and he worked with prostitutes. He understands the temptation of sexual sin. Never fell. Okay. Just two examples, okay? If you think that your situation, like, you, you, God, I'm so busy, you just don't understand. I want to tell you, Jesus said, I don't even have a place to sleep. Okay? Didn't have a house. He knew the stress of money, okay? Yet he never sinned. Okay? And, and three years after his ministry, 33 years old, he's killed because it offended the religious people. Okay? And they're hanging on a cross, and blood was shed, and he looks to God, and he says, it is finished. Okay? And he paid. And as he said, it is finished, what Dylan shared this morning, that the veil was torn. And he said, now again, because of what Jesus had done, you guys have free access. If you accept what I've done for you on the cross, remember my blood, remember my body. If you do, you have free access to come in. It's incredible. Okay? That's the gospel. Okay? And then Paul says this later on in Ephesians 3. He says, but while I was blind, God has revealed to me the mystery of the gospel. And he says, this is the mystery of the gospel. Let me see if I can read it. Um, uh, where is it now? Um, verse 6, Ephesians 3, verse 6. He says, this mystery of the gospel is, is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are now heirs. You know, that before that, we weren't part of the plan. If you're not a Jew here, okay. Now, I've, a funny thing is, I've got a Buddha family, okay, former family. I tell you, they think that we are the chosen race, by the way. <laughs> it's like, and, uh, and no matter how hard I try to explain to you, it's like, we weren't the chosen people, okay. We weren't the ones that, that God thought about in the beginning. That's how hard it was. And then Paul says, you know, the three days when I was sitting there, what God revealed to me is that, guys, all of us are now included in the thing. That we too, just praise God for that, okay? That we too have access to Him. It is a mystery, okay? And the very next chapter in Acts was like that Peter saw the blanket coming down and he was able to eat bacon. Biggest revelation ever, okay? Um, so <laughs> thank God for that. And then just after that, that we didn't have to be circumcised. Thank God for that, okay? So there's some good things to be thankful here for. So, but he says, this is the mystery, you know, that we are included in this. And um, uh, let me just see what else I can read here for us. Um, and, then, and then it goes on to explain that, guys, from the beginning of time, actually, this was God's intent. You know, we even see in the Old Testament that if there were other nations that wanted to have a part of God, he allowed them. 
And they became like so generous with the Israelites. And he says, guys, this is God's plan throughout the mystery. He said, you as Gentiles are included. And then he goes on at the end of chapter, th- uh, chapter 3, he says, um, from verse 10, he says, his intent now is that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose. It was his eternal purpose. And I, I read in... Um, in Ecclesiastes in this week, you know, Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God has made everything beautiful in its time. And it says he has put eternity into the heart of man. And what I feel the Lord wants to do for us, you know, like I think, so bringing it back to us this morning. The thing that gets us, you can, it's okay, you can put it off then. But the thing that gets us, you know, is the cares and the worries of this world. That it brings our eyes down and we become so stuck in the here and now, you know. The, the day-to-day struggles, the, the car that breaks, the, 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 the job pressure, the family struggles, the whatever, you know. And it brings us down. And how many of you, if you're honest, some of those cares and the worries that we've had, it's like we weren't thinking about eternity. Okay? It was just the here and now, like, what needs my focus now? And I tell you, I mean, I work for the church. It happens to me too. You would think that my job is like separate from the rest. Tell you the same thing can happen to me, okay? That it just gets stuck. Okay, what do I need to do now? No, 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 no. And uh, we forget that God has a plan here from eternity and we're involved in it. And I want to tell you that that is your purpose on earth. That is why you were made. I said to you one on Friday, he was with us in our others meeting. I said to you, Han, do you believe that God, you weren't born to be a teacher? A lot of question marks around that, okay? So do you believe that God ultimately hasn't created you to be a great teacher? He's created you to be part of his eternal purpose, that through the church, he would use you to make known the wisdom of God to this earth. And I want to ask all of you sitting here this morning, do you believe that your eternal purpose is not to be a great businessman? Or a great engineer? Or a great um, surfer? Or a great teacher, like whatever you do, that that is not your eternal purpose, but that God has saved each one of us, that as his church, his wisdom can be made known to the earth. That is a wonder, and we need to see that, okay? And um, I uh, just, you know, on Friday, as we were speaking about this, the more, the more we consider that all of what we are part of is actually way bigger than just attending church here on a Sunday. And uh, thinking that this is church. This, this is not the fullness of church, guys. We're a small part of it. We're seeing a glimpse, okay? And suddenly as we were speaking, you know, it just felt like the, the thing that, things of this world grow strangely dim in the eyes of the Lord, you know, and, or in the wonder of His, um, what else the song says? Things of the world grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and praise, you know? It just grows so small in comparison to the wonder of the eternal plan of God. Um. So how does this include you, okay? This is what the Lord has for us. Um, Let me just get my stuff straight here. Um, Sorry. Uh, I made notes somewhere that I can't find now. (laughs) Okay. Um, How does it include you, you know? Um, I want to read this, Ephesians 4. 
11, we all know this. He says this, so Christ gave, him, gave the, apostle, the apostles, the pastors, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, to equip his people for works of service. Now, again, we always encourage us that God's purpose is that his people can be equipped for works of service and so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. Then we'll be no longer infants being tossed to and fro. Sorry, let me just scan here. Uh, there's something that I really wanted to highlight. Um, oh, this is a portion from verse 17. He says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, to the futility of their thinking. And I, I really feel that something that the Lord wants to break to us, in breaking us this morning, you know, it's this smallness of thinking. And um, it's, a, it's a wrestle here, you know, smallness, like the futility of our minds, like the Gentiles. So we include it now, but stop thinking that, you know, the Gentiles before that, the, their main purpose, you know, and the Gentiles often were, were the Greeks, like that they were thinking. It's like, they were just, the, the Greeks were known for their reasoning. They wanted to understand. They wanted to, um, they were, they had these places at the polis, they were at the universities and whatnot. They wanted to understand and work things out and make money and, and get it. And, and Paul says to them, so stop thinking that way now. Think, think different. So stop thinking like that. They were darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in, the, um, that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. You know? It's like sometimes we, we darken because we just think of this earth. And um, having lost all sensitivity, they've given themselves over. And then it just lists their things, you know, things that are available for us. And I had a time with Chaz uh, Lipo, who was here from California for six months with us on Friday. And I, I spoke to that guy, and he, he just shared to me his story that he's here. He was part of a church in California, and, um, and he felt the Lord take him out of it, and he, he moved to Idaho. And, and then when he, when he was there, he became so aware of how the world is in them as a church, you know, in California, Andrew always says that if California sneezes, the whole world catch, catches a cold, okay, it is like on the front line of, um, of everything that happens in the world, and California is like, when I think about it, I've never been there, but Ivan has been there, Bari has been there, it's like the center of flesh, yeah, that's what it feels like, and, and he's explaining to me that everything that you want, that the desires of your flesh want is on your doorstep, and he says, you know, it's scary as the church, what they became aware of, is that all that flesh was just so part of them. He said, sometimes he looked at the church, and there was no, different in the, no difference in the way, how much the church drank, and how much the, the, the world drank, consumed alcohol. He says, 80% of pastors in California is addicted to pornography. 80, 80%. 80%, guys. And, and, and no repentance. And he's just so engraved, and he felt the Lord take him out of it. And then, and then Andrew asked him, okay, well, come here. And he's just here for six months, and he says he's just so wrecked by the more and more he sees how, how the world was ingrained in him, in, um, the, the passions of this world that is available. And sometimes I think we, we, we quite, I think as a church, we're quite stern when it comes to sin, when it comes to sin, you know, and we have lines. But sometimes other passions and desires that can keep us, you know, that it's just not eternal, grabs our eyes and just pulls us down and it's like scales that come and we just can't see the wonder of the house of God. And, um, and so, um, you, you must please add with me, you know, this morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass over to Ivan now, but um, when, we, when we got together on Friday, you know, what it felt like the Lord was doing with us is um, 
as Barrent, Barrent left yesterday and is over to America. Ivan and them are leaving next week. I'm leaving a month after. There's different guys going now to different nations. And as it's happening, it's like, we just see, I, I ask the Lord this, how did it happen that a small church from Malkbos is being used to impact California? I, I, have you considered that? That someone here, that God has handpicked Nathan, Ivan, Barrent, Andrew, and he's taking them and going to California for like a month, and God is using us to impact the front line eh, of the world, basically. And I said to the, God, said to the Lord, that's like a, it's a miracle. It's a proper miracle. It's a wonder. Why would the Lord use someone from Malkbos to go to Russia, which is the complete opposite of California, okay, and, uh, and, and send, to, send to Russia, and, and, but potentially impact the Russian nation for eternity? How, how does that happen, you know? And... Um, as, as we were sharing, it just felt like this, God lifted our eyes even from that this is church and we're just made to be here on a Sunday, week in, week out, attend community, to like, guys, we are just part of a, such a bigger picture of what the Lord is doing all over the earth. It includes us. We don't, we don't exist to just attend here. There's a much bigger thing that Lord, the Lord is doing out there, and it's through His church, but it includes each one of us. And uh, we sat there on Friday, I sat with tears, you know, as I was just considering, look what the Lord is doing. Look what the Lord is doing. And um, really trust that the Lord is going to open our eyes this morning. So I'm going to pass to Ive, and we, we, we're going to go, we might go back into worship. Um, but there's a, there's a song that I've been um, singing this whole year um, that, that I've heard. The, the song is called Missionary Anthem. And the, the chorus, or the, the, the bridge basically says this, that the harvest is ready, we have to go. And, uh, and I remember just hearing that, and I, I, I kept singing it so often, it says, God, the harvest is ready, we have to go. And, um, and then they have this tag that says, I'll preach the gospel, I'll die and be forgotten, as long as he gets the glory. And, and it just feels like God is birthing it in us again. And I, I pray, you know, for you, for you this morning, I, I hope that you guys hear this. I didn't do the best job to, to preach this morning, okay? And, um, but I, I hope in your spirit you can hear this morning that there is a much bigger picture. It includes us, but I'm not the center of the universe. Yeah? I'll go, I'll preach the gospel, but I'll die, and in a year's time from there, nobody will even remember my name, okay? But God gets the glory. And... Um, he wants to include you, and, um, but it can only happen if we really believe that it's through the church, it's through his house, there's a way that he wants to be built, and the last thing Jesus said to him before, they left, before he left, he said, go into all the world, go into all the world, go into all the world, and um, guys, it's time for us to go, it's time for us to go. Um, I feel like the Lord has been preparing us for a long season, trained us, put His Spirit in us, trained us about His values. But if we remain and just thinking that this is the fullness of church, we're going to die spiritually and we'll become blind again. But He's birthing something, something in us that all of us need to say, yes, God, where do you want me? Where do you want me? And to go. All right? So I honestly don't know where to go from here. <laughs> Um, what, what do you think? Um, uh, um, Matthew, are you up, bro? <laughs> 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 Just, yeah, check you're ready, yeah? 
Stay ready, Matt. Jay, don't laugh either, okay? <laughs> oh, God. We sing that song this morning, How Great Is Our God, looking at different directions. Just somewhat symbolic of us just saying, God, how great you are. Different directions sending us. And so easy to just get stuck in our seats every Sunday, community on a Wednesday. God's called us to more. He really has. He's part of this church, not just to warm up this chair uh, that, that you're sitting on this morning. So even today, yo, it starts with a little. God's word is so true. It says, faith with little, trust with much. So even Hannah's sharing about going to see Stu in, in Claremont, Constantia. That's where it starts. doesn't mean right away you've got to go to Russia go to America, go to Brazil, but start somewhere. And as you activate, as you start walking in faith, you start seeing God move. How big is your God? What, what size box do you have him in this morning? Do you have him in a box? I just really sense from the start, outside of this morning, God wants to lift our eyes, lift our eyes to the more, to the nations, to the church. And again, as you, as you join Josh, Jen always said, get your passports ready. Get your passports ready. Mark's here taking guys to Brazil the whole time. Team's going all over the place. Get your passports ready. Yes, start locally. Go to Constantia. Go to town. Meet people locally. But get your eyes on the vision that God has for Josh Jen 412 for his church. I was chatting with Chaz this week, same guy from California, and a few weeks ago, actually, him and Milani. And as I as was sharing just about the church, I was sitting, we are having dinner at Jock and Jeanette's house, and all of a sudden, Chaz and Melania start crying. They're crying over the church in America. Sure. I look at them, why are they crying? I mean, do I don't have that in me. They, they, they're literally bawling their eyes out about the church. Sure. Something right there gripped my heart. Just a passion for God's church, what he died for, the bride. I realized how self-centered I'd become, my business, my ways, and something adjusted in my heart. So what are the worries, the cares this morning that have gripped your heart, the thorns, the troubles, the concerns of the world that's taken away what God's called you, called us for as our purpose? Can I see you going to sing a song and I'll pick up after that? I just felt uh, to encourage some of us. I think um, many of us are sitting in, you know, actually a couple of weeks ago when, the, uh, when it came to push and shove and we were expecting uh, our boy to be born and uh, we have a new business that we've started and it's just like, yeah, it was a proper grind and I want to say that we were gripped by the worries of the world properly. And, um, yeah, just as uh, Hannes was sharing, I think sometimes it's easy to look at Hannes and go, okay, cool, yeah, it's the full-time guy or oh, it's Ivan that it's... Uh, uh, you know, his kids are grown up. That's why him and Nathan and Farrant has got an international surfing business. And that's why he can go and we start to justify the things. Um, but I can tell you, like, even though we started a new business and we're trying to raise a child and now's the time to go, I think it's, this, it's, the, um, it's the thing that we're trusting for most is that actually maybe there's a moment now that we can't, but maybe we can send others. And uh, that we actually are trusting God, even in our season, um, that there will be a, a way 
uh, to be able to impact, uh, to be able to reach nations, um, and to, to fulfill what God has got us in now. So even in, in the going, maybe it's not the season for you to go yet, but there's ways. Um, God's ways are above our ways. Is He asking of you to possibly send someone else to assist? Is He asking you to actually break out of the mold of, I'm not the person that usually goes? Um, because He does have a purpose for you. <laughs> He has a purpose for you, and it's His desire that each one of us, actually, it's not for the chosen few. Um, so just wanted to encourage you. It's like, it's not a season that Stacey and I can necessarily go right now. Um, but for each one of us, not to actually just highlight it as, a, as a, a couple people that go every time, but actually, what is the Lord asking of you? Uh, I felt the words that He's given you everything you need to do what He's asked of you. Um, so what is that now? That's so good. Plant seeds, if not now, for later. Sow seeds, start planting, tithing, tithing and sowing into people that are leaving. And in due time, God will bring a harvest into your life. Quick story. 30 years ago, <laughs> as Mike was sharing, 30 years ago, I was a professional athlete here in Cape Town, windsurfer. Some of you remember the guns and the GTRs we used to have here in Cape Town. And... Um, I had to compete against the world champion at the time, and he came across, and I had to win one more heat to uh, make the fi- semifinals to win a golf GTI for that year. And this guy, Bjorn Dunkebeck, uh, his name was the Terminator, came from overseas to compete. And I went out crazy. I tried to do this big move. I hurt myself. Quick story, I, I, I got injured. I didn't get through the heat. And I was like, man, this idiot came and took, he took my prize. <laughs> A couple years later, we ended up moving across to Hawaii, started a production company filming, and um, he was one of the guys we were, we were filming, and I was still professional at the time, and I was, one day I was out there, and I was doing some amazing moves, and I did this move that I'd been practicing for 10 years. My wife, Karen, was on the beach, and she was filming with the camera because we were documenting everything, and I came out from the water, I was like, Karen, did you get my move? And she's like, what? No, I was filming Bjorn Dunkebeck, the same guy that beat me. <laughs> Like, ah. Check this out, Karen. I, I, I was married, married, so I couldn't, do, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't dump her. It was humbling. But check this out. 30 years later, as, as we're planning to go, Nate, myself, we needed finances. Yes, we've got finances we can draw from, but we don't always want to use business finances everything and we're like God we're trusting you this thing at Chaz as he was sharing the church and we asked us to come and join him he's like man it's burning in us we get an email from guess who the same guy 30 years later remember that footage that you filmed at Hookeeper Maui the one that Karen almost got fired for <laughs> Red Bull won a bite and they're going to pay you in, in euros for the amount guess what the amount came to exactly the amount that we needed for our tickets with a bit of extra for McDonald's milkshakes. <laughs> 30 years later, God provided exactly the same time, exactly what we needed with a little bit extra. God is faithful as you walk in faith, not by sight. Plant seeds now. Might not, you might not go this year. might be next year. But start planting and trusting and believing. Walk in faith. Lift our eyes this morning. 
We sing about how God, how great this God is. How great is in your love. Don't get stuck in a chair on a Sunday. It's all you coming and going every week. Lift our eyes to the nations, the church that Jesus died for. Francois, come pray for us. You gotta, he's just reading the same scripture. So open up your hearts now. Yeah, I, um, last week when we, um, when we were worshiping, I got a strong sense of a word that I had to share. Um, it wasn't the right timing. Um, clearly, but it was exactly what uh, Hannes was sharing this morning about the revelation that a guy called Saul received. And I really felt that um, God really wants to share that message with, with us this morning. You see, Saul was somebody that was really passionate for, for serving God at the time. He was so passionate about serving this God that he thought that th this picture and this idea of who he thought God was and what religion um, religion should be like and he he was so blinded by by this passion that he had because he served a God that he thought he was serving you see we can't we can't serve God and and follow him in our own ways and and uh, 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 some religious practices or, or, or anything. What we really need and what is exactly what happened to Saul is we need a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. The wonder of this God that does stories like this 30 years later. He, um, yeah, we, we can't do it on our, on our own. And, and for that, for us to be opened, otherwise we're going to be blinded and we're going to follow some rules and some practices and coming to Sundays and, and be, be mediocre Christians. God is passionate about His church and He wants to give us a revelation of who He is. And we are, the, the, the Ecclesiastes, the, the congregation of His people is His body. He's so passionate about it, but we need that revelation. We can't do it ourselves. We need the Spirit to do it. So I want to pray for us over there. Lord Jesus, thank you for, for this word this morning, and thank you, Lord, that we can confirm that word that Hannah's brought this morning. You're a King of kings, a Lord of lords. Worthy is your name. The wonder of this God that we serve. How great is our God. But Lord, we can't say it out of our own because we... We will just read words in, the, in some religious book, and it will just be words on a page. It will be another book that we read unless your Spirit comes and open our eyes. So I pray this morning, Lord, that you'll give us fresh revelation of who you are, Lord. Give us revelation. Open up our eyes to the wonder of who you are, Lord. Jesus, King of kings, creator of everything, by the word of your power, you spoke everything into being. Who is this King of kings and this Lord of lords? That will be mindful of me. Lord, my desire and our desire is that the things of this world will grow strangely dim. That we will have eternity's perspective. That we will live every day and make every decision from a place with eternity in mind. Lord, your word says that think about the things above. Don't set your minds and your hearts on things below. But Lord, we can't do it without a revelation. So we pray, Holy Spirit, by your grace, give us that revelation we ask.
that we can be that person, Saul, turning to Paul because Jesus said, you my chosen instrument and I will show you how much you will suffer for my name. Thank you, Lord. We worship you this morning. Hallelujah.